This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I'm joined by EP Rinkside's Sean Shapiro of Shap Shots as well. You can read some of his articles in D Magazine. The guy's all over the place. Love his NHL expertise and his stars expertise. How are you today, Sean? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm. Uh, we're recording this, and uh, later today for some ep ringside work i'm flying to tampa tonight and uh so i'll be uh looking forward to gonna on thursday i'm gonna be in person i'm gonna be able to watch uh, some watch bruins lightning on thursday night so Ooh. i'm gonna go see a re- see a really good hockey game in person later this week so uh it's a, it's a good week any uh insight to the hockey listeners of this podcast um, why you're going to tampa and what your concentration is going to be on um, this one is more of just to be, this is a more procedural, clerical, I'll be honest, the people, the guys who run EP rinkside and elite prospects, um, the company is based out of Sweden and, uh, despite having done some great work with them over the last three, four months, I still have yet to meet anyone I actually work with in person. Ah. So it's kind of the, uh, they're coming to North America, meeting with a, meeting with someone who kind of for the first time in person and, uh, then we'll also do some additional uh just as as I'm there always going to be on the eyes for something so nothing no major stories coming out of this one just a a good opportunity to uh actually meet someone I work with for the first time in yeah. the day and age we live in and also uh then we'll, I'm sure I'll ferret some things out of Bruins and Tampa on th- throughout the day Thursday too it's kind of like us we knew each other for a while before meeting each other in person <laughs> It's, it's crazy how the world is now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, technology at its uh, finest. So last night, uh, you know, I mean, this is an exciting week, especially, you know, one of the things we love to do is talk, you know, about the overall sport of hockey. And I know when the Washington Capitals come in, a lot of people want to buy tickets to see a Vetchkin, rightfully so, or the Penguins with Crosby and everything. So when you look at this week as kind of, you know, the regular passive hockey fan, you know, you might say Buffalo, Carolina. Oh, okay. But at the same time, two of the most exciting teams enter the barn this week at the AAC. So last night, I truly enjoyed all three periods. I love that game. Um, you know, I'm I'm not expecting, especially, you know, the first 10 minutes of that game, as open as it was. Um, you know, you're not going to expect that every single game, different teams had different styles, but from a matchup perspective, I thought the talent shined. Um, I thought it was great seeing a player like Tage Thompson, who we don't get to see. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts because, um, I really just kept picturing Eric Lindros on the ice. He really reminded me of Eric Lindros with that size and skating ability. 
Um, so wanted to get your thoughts on that. Overall, um, you know, I thought the Stars played well. And uh, I tweeted last night that I thought Buffalo deserved the two points. So that didn't mean I don't think the Stars deserved two points as well, because if the Stars had won, I thought the Stars would have deserved two points. So um, wanted to get your thoughts on the overall game. Um, I thought Craig Anderson was terrific. Um, there are random goalies, Sean, that I think can steal you a game. There are your regular goalies like Jake Ottinger can totally steal you a game, uh, you know, on a consistent basis. I don't like facing people like Craig Anderson. He reminds me of Tim Thomas in that, you know, I mean, he can just play shutdown at times and make these saves similar, I guess, to Anton Hudobin with that flopping style that just looks so spectacular. I don't I actually I don't think it's fair to Tim Thomas. Like Tim Thomas was not just that guy who could steal a game. Tim you're Thomas, right, you're you right. Remember, yeah, very consistent. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. At one point, Tim Thomas, I mean, Tim Thomas won two Vesna trophies and one at one point was the best goalie in the world. And so Craig Anderson has never been been that. He's never been the best goalie in the world, but he is a guy who there's a reason he's still in the NHL at 41 years old. There's a reason he's three years older than any other NHL goalie. And he has a bit of that uh He's had a bit of that. He can have a bit of that gamer mentality. It's uh, it's funny. Like you look at um, kind of the game last night and it, games go through segments for me. That's how I look at games. And the, the reason I would, I would say last night, looking at the game over the body of work, the stars should have and probably deserved to win last night. However, when you look at the game in segments after the first period, the Sabres did a great job and earned the two points. Basically, the Stars should have been up 3-4-1 at the end of the first period. The game should have been the game should have been over in the first period. The Stars should have capitalized. They should have finished in the first period. Um and Buffalo basically dodged a bullet. Craig Anderson helped them dodge a bullet in the first period and from the second period on Buffalo deserve to win they deserve the two points you could have made the claim that either team deserved the two points after the second period but because of i think it's you have to kind of be able to isolate the game if you look at the full game you're like okay you know what the stars should have won they definitely should have been up three or four to one in the first period they weren't and then give credit to buffalo for adjusting give credit for but to buffalo for finding a way to win a game after how after that dismal turnover display they had in the first period um the sabers to me are an incredibly exciting team to watch. They've got so much good young talent. They got guys who zip the puck around. They just really lack the structure. And and to me, that's the biggest difference. And I made this note in my uh, kind of an observations piece over at Shap Shots last night after the game. Um, that to me is the difference that will keep them at the end of the season when the when the Capitals and Penguins are in the playoffs and the Sabres are, are, are out, it will be because of that lack of structure. And it will be those little, like they got away with it last night. There's other times they haven't gotten away with it. There's the reason, one of the reasons they're a streaky team is they don't have the structure to play back, to lean back on. So to me, it was a really good encapsulation of who the Sabres are right now. They're a good young team with a lot of talent not enough structure probably for that loaded Eastern conference to get in this year, but as they learn from that, and I think sometimes there's a learning curve that comes with, um, that comes with teams 
missing out in the playoffs and wondering why, and then having a young roster adjust. Like, I, th- I think this is a team to watch out for over the next couple of years, yeah. but I don't think this, I don't think this is the year. I think this is the type of game where we're like, they're, they're going to be fun. They're always must watch. But one of the reasons they're also must watch is they turn the puck over a lot. They give up a lot of odd man rushes and uh, they've got to kind of, they have to refine that before you can really look at them as a, actual playoff team in my view now maybe maybe pittsburgh or washington fall off or anything like that but just my gut tells me that buffalo is going to be on the outside looking in just because of the lack of that structure i would be super excited though if i'm a buffalo fan because oh yeah they have some terrific draft capital in this upcoming draft and they have multiple second round picks and they have their first round pick not to mention i mean you look at that jack eichel trade and I understand what Eichel's been able to do in Vegas, but at the same time, you know, I think for a guy who didn't want to be in that city, I think Buffalo got a nice return. Um, I like Tuck as a player, um, and they got some draft capital, so that's that's good. Yeah, so so last night I, I tweeted out and mm-hmm. that, you know, I thought Buffalo deserved the two points because I agree with you. In segments, I thought Buffalo toward the end of the first period into the early part of the third period. And then the stars I thought took control. Um, I thought, you know, my tweet was the following. I said, stars get a point. I thought Buffalo deserved the two points. They're an impressive squad to watch. And our friend, Marty Turco, uh, who also uh, could steal many games. The stars probably had 28 Grade A scoring chances. They might be fun to watch, but it's hard to say they deserve two points on that stat alone unless you mean 41-year-old goalie counts. Then he deserves to get the W. So um, I just replied, I love Craig Anderson. He made some amazing stops early, as you mentioned, Sean, that kept Buffalo in the game. From the middle of the first until the third, I thought Buffalo was more aggressive, had great puck possession. I think they both deserved a point, and Buffalo played well enough for two. So I think the Stars could have got two points, too. Um, I just think it's one of, you know, it's just one of those situations, you know, and the stars did have some great a chances, especially early. Um, and Craig Anderson came up big for them. So, you know, it's just one of those things. And Pete DeBoer said after the game, like, you know, I'm going to be the optimist. Um, we got, we got a hard fought point. And I thought that was a great perspective from a coach because, you know, I was thinking to myself, okay, what did the stars do wrong? And I just didn't see a lot of mistakes. I just, you know, it was a, it was a hard matchup and hopefully, you know, when they meet again in Buffalo, they can get two. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, the other the other thing for the Stars, too, is um, you have, it's easy and it's good that Pete does this, but he is in the position to have that optimism when you're sitting at the top of the Western Conference with 64 points, yep. right? Like this, it, it's all about context here. Um, the Stars' issue is, th- like, the stars, I'm trying. The stars have eight overtime losses. Uh, they're one and two in the shootout. Um, they only so they they only have three wins. They only they don't. They're three. Sorry, they're doing this math in my head real quick. So they're three and ten in games that go past regulation right now. And at the end of the day, that's frustrating. And if you're talking about even if you pick up half of those points, you're looking at maybe 70 points right now. And you're on a pace where you're not just on top of the West, you're running away with the West. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the three on three overtime is not going to matter 
after the regular season. And I think that's why it's easy to like look at it this way. If you have a team that's bad at three on three, which the stars clearly are based off of their results, um, that sucks, but it's not a big deal because come playoff time, come the time when the when to win a Stanley Cup, you will not have to worry about three on three. If you're a team that was in the if you're a team that was in the Edmonton or Calgary range or even the Colorado range right now, and this was your record in overtime, it becomes a much bigger issue. You have to fix it because you don't have the cushion and you need those points to get into the playoff picture. The stars have the cushion. And so you want to fix the three on three. You want those additional six, seven points that could have been out there. But at the end of the day, remember overtime, overtime, playoff, overtime hockey, five on five, 20 minutes. We go till someone scores. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron Thacker, who's a fan of spits and suds, reached out at Thackman 5 and said, was wondering if you could address the overtime issue for the Dallas Stars on the next podcast. I know playoffs are not like that, but it is concerning, though. And I absolutely agree with you. It's not going to be an issue in the playoffs. And I would say this. I think basically when the clock hits zero, it's a flip of a coin. It's puck yeah. possession. Teams have learned how to play three for three, and it's plays keep away until you get that marquee opportunity and then try to get the possession back. But I, I just... You know, I just think that a lot of things kind of go out the window as far as style and what you can do in overtime. So at that point, it's just hopefully you get puck position, uh, possession or a breakout and can score. And it is more reflective of the game than the shootout, at least. But at the end of the day, it is a variation that doesn't necessarily reflect who the two teams are at even strength. Um, so it's you as a team and as a coach, you work on it, but I don't want the stars. If I'm the stars and I'm Jim Nill or a stars fan or whatever, I don't want full practices committed to three on three practice. When, if it's taking away from the finer points of the 60 minute game. And I think that's the decision I'm willing to live with. Uh, and you just, it's a little bit of a crapshoot just to be honest with it. So. Yeah. And, and one of the things that we talked about, as we move on from that um, on Friday's spits and suds was the possibility of a Rupe Hintz return and not playing on that first line. And we discussed, you know, the Tyler Sagan situation. So it was a healthy discussion and the stars rightfully. So I thought made a great move, not putting him in on Saturday night. And as they dominated the coyotes on Saturday night to give him some extra uh, rest and he came back in the lineup and did start um, not on that first line, uh, but was incredibly effective wherever he was put. Um, put immediately on the first unit of the power play, and then we saw the transition as the game went along to move back to that first line. I think what it showed is Rope Hintz's versatility, and what I love to see is no matter where you were putting him last night, he was causing a stir on the ice. Yeah, he was um the there's a stat to me that stands out um just when you talk about the health factor. Rope hints until the uh until the overtime the opening overtime faceoff, he was perfect 10 for 10 on faceoffs. Just and I know I know and I'm not reading too much into to faceoffs as a as a whether a guy's playing well or, or not, but a guy coming off a upper body injury is someone who 
typically you keep them away from the face-off circle, honestly. That's the place where a guy's most vulnerable. They get opened up. Things get more pressure points get applied to the body on things like that. And so for someone coming back from an upper body injury, not knowing exactly what it is, no matter what it is, it's a part of the body you're using on the face-off and is now vulnerable in a one-on-one battle. For him to go 10 for 11 on face-offs, 10 for 10 on face-offs and regulation, that to me is just a little stat where you're like, okay, this guy's fine. This guy, the health is good. He's ready. And we knew the skating was going to be there, but it's so much more with Rope Hints now. And it's great to kind of see him take over those other parts of the game as opposed to just being flash and dash. And it's uh it's 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 impressive to see. And I I like where, uh, on hints in general, I like where he was. I like that they tried to split things up, and I like that they were willing to go to him on the top line when they needed to go late. But I think uh, just to stick tap to David Castillo, who wrote a pretty good piece on D Magazine, D Magazine today, just about how, um, to echo David's thesis here, where the stars also shouldn't be afraid to continue to try to get things going and mix things up just because Hints is back. And so I think it's something where that top line is definitely your gunner. It's the one where you know it works, but don't be afraid to go back to those tweaks with Hints. Don't be afraid to go back to play around if it means getting something else going as well. Um, just it's It was impressive to see his form for a guy coming back after missing seven, eight games, and even with limited minutes now. Let's see what he does with even more minutes, hopefully up back to that. So I think he was at 14 last night, hopefully back to like that 16, 17 minute game, minutes next game. And then up again, even further after that. And the stars made a move today, uh, loaning Frederick Olofsson to the Texas stars. So I, I tweeted out, I, I loved his energy. Um, I love the aspect of scoring his first NHL goal with Dallas. I thought that was cool. Uh, I love the story that you told on a previous uh, spits and suds regarding you know, how he got to the NHL and how it was kind of fluky how he got to the NHL and how COVID kind of affected it. And uh, so, I mean, I think it's 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 quality depth in the organization when you can uh, send a guy who I didn't think was playing bad and providing a lot of energy and some physicality um, on some of those secondary lines to send him down to Texas. You know, they can recall him. He's got the confidence now that he can play in the NHL. Yeah, he, um, I, I mean, it, it's it's a keep a guy playing, move it. It makes sense. He's the 13th forward now with hints back, keep him playing, keep him going down there. Um, it just makes sense. It fits. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive. That's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Before history is written, Bobby Orr, 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So we move on to tomorrow night's test against, I guess, would we refer to them as the second best team in the NHL in Carolina? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close. I mean, yeah. it's, you look, you look at the, look across the league and it's, it's the, it's second best. I mean, it's, 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 there's a debate. I mean, it's actually a fair, you can have a fair debate of we know right now off the regular season, it's the Boston Bruins. And then this is a matchup of two of the teams in the conversation for second best team in the NHL. I yeah. would argue that Carolina, Dallas, Toronto, New Jersey, and and I'll throw Winnipeg in there as a fifth team, even though I think Winnipeg is a notch below those teams. But those those four teams, viable claim for second best team in the NHL. And right now, I think on points percentage, Carolina is technically the second best team in the NHL. So yes, but either way, the Stars and the Hurricanes are in that same grouping. And this is a, I thought the Buffalo matchup was going to be fun and it was fun for other reasons. This is a reason where we're talking about two teams that this is conceivably with where these teams are. This is a conceivable Stanley cup final matchup being if would you be, you wouldn't be stunned if the Dallas came, if Dallas came out of the West, you wouldn't be stunned if Carolina came out of the East. So it is, it's a big fun game. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, for a couple of reasons, one, it's Texas Rangers night. So I've got a little Intel. There'll be about nine Texas Rangers um at the game tomorrow and i think Corey seager's dropping the first puck um so i think that's pretty cool uh secondly uh, you know we mentioned this on the podcast before the carolina hurricanes are owned um by a local uh person tom dundon uh, owns the carolina hurricanes he's done a nice job there so he'll be in attendance for sure so there's kind of a local dfw angle uh, also interesting when these two teams met the first time around, Sebastian Ajo was not in the lineup and he has returned for Carolina. Although they got some tough news with Max Pacioretty re-injuring his Achilles. So he's gone for the season. And that was one of those final pieces that they picked up in the off season, thinking that it would take them over the top. So it's a, I love the matchup. I love the styles of these teams. I think it's going to be a real fast team. Uh, I mean, fast played. I think it's going to be physical at times. I I had a blast watching the first matchup. So really excited about this game tomorrow night. It it should be a really good game. Um, and the Carolina, we talked about it when Dallas went to Carolina. It's such a good, um, from a stylistic matchup and for a team that the Stars are going to have to you see a style that's taking over and why Carolina is so good. We talked about this last time they played just how aggressive and how much they throw basically everything at you. Um, it's a game that will test the stars in a good way. It's a game that you'll be able to use as a barometer for how they handle things. And it's also, it, it's also just one of those games where it's like, it can be a statement game. And it's it, and it and it's and it's a no lose game almost actually. You lose this game, okay? You lost a game in in January to a good team from the Eastern Conference. 
you win this game, it's a statement game. It's 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 a great like from a fan perspective, this is one of the best times to get a game like this because even if you lose, it's not the end of the world, but you win, you can pound your chest about it and get really happy about it. So it's it's a great game on the schedule for uh for teams and fans to uh, to build off of no matter what happens. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So last week I threw out to you the uh random should we change the rule that linesmen should have more say in calling penalties. So my random one today to throw at you is should goalies be penalized for letting in a goal in overtime? Should goalies be as far as should like, it count against their goals against average statistically? Um, I think it's, I mean, I think, I think it still should. Okay. Um, I don't think, I don't think shootout goals should, but I think, um, I think we're in a place of nuance and isolation where I think we should still track it. But if you're being with the way we track things and five on five, say percentage and all that stuff and everything, I think, I think, I think goalies get the proper credit either way now. And so I think it should still count. I do think one proposal that I'm not totally on board for, but I'll throw this out to you because I've heard people say this to me. People I've, I've heard people say that, um, if you score the game winning goal in a shootout, you should get a real goal on your goal ledger. I am personally not for that, but yeah. I've heard some people argue for it. So I, I'd throw that out to you as my, my weird one that I've heard other people bring up. I, I, I don't think so because I mean, then yeah. you have to, do you credit the goalie for making an unreal save in a shootout? You know, at what point do you stop? And uh, yeah, I, I, to me, it becomes at that point, it's just purely skill. Um, mm-hmm. I was just bringing up the the goals yeah. against because I don't know what goalie can stop what happened to Ottinger oh, yeah. last night in overtime. I mean, that Tage Thompson pass was just ridiculous. Um, and it, yeah. And, and, the, and the star is completely, rightfully so, respected Thompson's yes. shot on the play. And, and sometimes you just get got, honestly. Sometimes yeah. you just get got on a play, and that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. So, want to end on this great NHL note. Two years ago today was the major trade in the NHL that raised a lot of eyebrows. Winnipeg sent Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic to Columbus for Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third-round pick. So I ask you two years later, Sean Shapiro, is there a winner in this trade? Oh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is the winner in the trade because Pierre-Luc Dubois is not uh, playing with how things have turned out in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. As far as, as far as... uh, And and by by the way, sorry to interrupt, 60 points last year for Dubois, 50 points already um, this year. Yeah, I, for Winnipeg, I would say Winnipeg won that trade. Um, The, the the better team that comes out... um, the team that is, I think the change of scenery, honestly, was actually had potential for a good fit for both players. But I think in the end, Winnipeg ended up coming up much better as far as A, the team's better, and B, they ended up bringing in, they, they ended up kind of bringing in a guy where they needed that other, they needed that center. They needed they needed something a little bit more. They had the shooter. 
like we see what Kyle Connor continues to do on the power play. Um, like yeah. while it was great to have both Kyle Connor and Patrick Line teed up for one time versus on the power play, when you have a position of strength and you can bring in a, a, a valuable center like the Jets did, I think it's worth doing. And so I think the Jets was a, it was a better trade for Winnipeg in the end and it will be in the long run. And um, now who knows, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Columbus goes and wins the draft lottery and then it's a completely different uh, long-term playoff yeah. for Patrick Laine, but, uh, but either way, but either way for now, it's definitely Pierre-Luc Dubois and Winnipeg ended up getting the much better end of that deal. And uh, as, uh, as fun as Patrick Laine can be and what he brings to the ice there is something to be said for having that center that can do a little bit of everything the way Dubois does. I mean, I don't want to call him old men, Sean, but it's been quite the revival for a few of the central division players. I mean, you look at Jamie Ben's revival and uh, I mean, you know, he's just a totally different player um, this year, a different role. And I mean, you know, we talking lady Bing, Jamie Ben here. It's, <laughs> it's really impressive. And then I also look at Winnipeg who they're going up against. And Blake Wheeler's having a rebound year. Mark Shifley's having a good year. Um, you know, and Kyle Connor's just consistent. So, I mean, this it's a fun match. Like, I, I'm really excited to see Winnipeg and Dallas. Winnipeg's given the Stars some problems over the years. But to me, that's an upcoming fun matchup that I want to see as well. Because I don't see either one of these teams falling off at this point. No, I think both. I mean, that one of them will win the central. One of them will be second in the central. And depending on how things shake out, they could it could be the matchup for the Western. Con- it could be the uh, they could they will tend likely meet in the second round, depending on how things go. And it is a we've talked about it, it's a style makes fights type matchup where Dallas has one style, Winnipeg has its own style, and Winnipeg has a coach who understands Dallas extremely well, obviously with his own inside intel from the. Uh, for the from from his time here and Rick from his time in Dallas Rick Bonus and uh it's 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 good to see I like seeing teams win different ways. I like seeing that Winnipeg is doing it a little bit more based off their defense and the way they're doing it this way. I like seeing that Carolina has a different forecheck than everyone else. I like seeing how the how different teams play because I think when you have that variety and when you have and you have variance and I not just use variety and variance back to back, I know, but like when you have that across the board where the game can be, you can flip over and you can be a real nerd about, Hey, this is how this one's going to play out. And this one's how this one's going to play out different ways, as opposed to just one style. Like I, I think it's great. And it's, 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 it's to me, I think it's just better for the game of hockey when we continue to have good teams playing different ways because it just it gives us more storylines. It's that's that's my takeaway. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab grown diamond bands, all hand finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it would be tough not to give Coach of the Year to 
to Jim Montgomery, but Rick Bonus uh, has done an amazing job with the Jets. So Rick it's so- Rick, Bonus, Rick Rick Bonus should win the Jets. Yeah, guys. and this is not and this is not like this is nothing. It's it takes a lot to obviously. Jim Montgomery will win the Jack Adams based off the pace and the points, because it's going to be impossible for people not to vote for that. But um, the way the Bruins team is built and how good that team is. Yes. If you look at points and spot versus expectation, and you look at the things Rick bonus had to do to come into Winnipeg in a team that had frankly a self-admitted terrible culture that they fixed over the course of, three months like it is you're talking about a team where flames were fanning captaincies were literally stripped away and they've come out of all of this like win up like rick bonus should win the jack adams this year he won't yeah you're absolutely right you you said my point sean because jim montgomery has admitted that he went into boston and the culture was already inside the room with people Mm -hmm. like bergeron and marchand and Felino and others, you know, leaders in that room. And Rick Bonus had to change a culture. And for that, I agree with you. He should be coach of the year. Yeah. And every other, like all of these coaches who are in spot, it's kind of funny. You look at how this, how the cycle of coaches has gone. So Jim Montgomery has, uh, has the, so why am I drawing a complete blank on his name right now? Um, the coach in Vegas now was the coach in Boston. Bruce Cassidy. Uh, Bruce Cassidy. So Jim Montgomery gets to take over what Bruce Cassidy built in Boston. Yep. Bruce Cassidy gets to take over what Pete DeBoer built in Vegas. Yep. Um, Rick, uh, Pete DeBoer gets to take over what Rick Bonus built and in, in helped build in Dallas. And then... Yep. Rick has to take over what Paul Maurice in interim coach tore down in Winnipeg. So it's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're not even talking about Lindy Ruff, former stars yeah, coach having exactly. an amazing year. It's yeah, just, exactly. it's yeah. all kinds of storylines in the coaching. Oh, yeah. It is. It, it, I've never seen it like that. It is, it yeah. is fascinating. And Bruce Cassidy made it a point when they played the stars to point that out that, you know, I, I think it, I think it definitely shows that sometimes just a change is necessary. To shake things yeah, up. Yeah, 100%. Especially yeah. with the it's guaranteed just, contracts, because you can only yeah. shake up your team so much. Yep. And as long as, and I will say this one last note on it, as long as you don't handle your coaching situation as publicly and drag along someone the way the uh, Vancouver Canucks did Bruce Boudreaux, yeah. the way they did, as long as you don't do it that way, because that to me is a perfect example of how not to handle things. And you know what? Best of luck to Rick Tockett fixing this. I said this uh, talking to someone the other day. Um, that's a situation where a year from now, when things are still going poorly in Vancouver, there's no excuse for not knowing what you got into. I'll yeah, I'm, I was a little surprised he left the booth because I thought he had a good thing going and I thought he was going to wait for the perfect opportunity. And I don't know if Vancouver is the perfect opportunity because, you know, under Jim Rutherford, you know, as Rutherford mentioned, they're going to be wholesale changes. So, you know, he's not going oh. to have the parts that he has right now. No, he's not. It's... And I agree with you. Boudreaux just seems like a salt of the earth guy. I feel for him. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I hope he stays in the NHL in some capacity because uh, those problems run a lot deeper than just coaching. Yep. It's, yeah. it's, there's a, there's a lot going on there. And it's going to be, I said this to someone else the other day too. The, uh, 
Vancouver is there's a lot of teams, even the really bad teams, where I have you at least see the path of what they're trying to do, and you see the path forward. Like Arizona is bad, and they are not good, but we at least can look at from the outside and see. Okay, I have an idea of what the plan is and where they're trying to be in two to three years, and I get it. I you see the same thing with you look at you look at uh, Columbus. We see the path. Obviously, it takes some luck, but we see the path. Same thing with Chicago. Same thing with the Ducks. You look at Vancouver, and you're like, I don't see the conceivable plan back, and it's just that's that's ter- That's the most terrifying thing for me because. They are every other team in the league I can go through and I can see kind of, okay, I see where this plan fits and I see all of that. And just Vancouver, I don't see, I just, I just don't see a solution with the, with the current makeup, with the current ownership, with the current everything. It's, it is, it's not a good spot. No, I I absolutely agree. Well, a good spot to be the next few days will be Tampa. So safe travels, my friend. And, uh, Excited to read all about it, and you get to see a heck of a game with the Lightning and the Bruins. Yep, it'll be fun. And everyone, uh, have a great week, and we'll uh, Friday, right? We'll be back Friday. Yeah, we will. And you go in and you tell those people you've never met, I'm Sean Shapiro, and I host a podcast, and I'm damn good at what I do. Should be my business card. Should be the business card. If people if people still do business cards. There you go. There you go. Well, that's gonna do it for another edition of Spits and Suds. I'll be at the game tomorrow night. So if you wanna uh meet up with me, happy to join uh you in between periods and I'll buy you a frosty uh for listening to Spits and Suds. Just uh tweet me at GJ Spittle. He's at Sean Shapiro. Heck, if you're in Tampa, you can tweet at Sean. I don't know if he'll buy you a Frosty, but I'll buy you a Frosty here at the AAC. So it'll be fun tomorrow night. I cannot wait for Carolina, Dallas. So spread the word about this podcast. It's called Spits and Suds. It's three times a week. It's an exciting program. We go around the NHL, and, of course, we talk about your Dallas Stars. So have a great day, everybody.